bringing hope to many around the globe, transforming lives into legacy. Living Word with Pastor Mensah Okudu. And now, today's word. I'm still continuing my series on life in the spirit, and this will be part eight. But last week, I didn't uh, finish uh, all that I had prepared to share under actions of the spirit. So I had a couple of uh, thoughts unfinished. So this is unfinished business from last week. So it's Life in the Spirit, Part 8, Subtitle, Actions of the Spirit, B. Because last week was A, and I couldn't finish uh, because I I had a a, a shorter time to preach. Um, So if you remember, last week we used uh, actions in the Spirit of Jesus to talk about the actions of our spirit. And we talked about two things about the spirit of Jesus, that his spirit was troubled. And we talked about uh, when he was at the Last Supper and he was also at the tomb of Lazarus, his spirit was troubled. And so we talked about the fact that sometimes our spirits get troubled or restless or stirred up or bothered. And then we also said that uh, Jesus was able to perceive in his spirit and uh, we talked about Jesus uh, when the scribes were doubting him, and Jesus also uh, when um, the woman uh, with the issue of blood had touched him, and Jesus perceived that virtue had gone out of him. So those are the two actions of the Spirit that we talked about. So we talk about two more and, and just wrap up actions in the Spirit. And the third action of the Spirit... Uh, because I'm continuing from where we left off last week, is sighing deeply in the spirit. Sighing deeply in the spirit. It's a very unusual uh, action that is attributed to the spirit of Jesus Christ. And, uh, and so the, the reference is in Mark's gospel chapter 8 and uh, verses 11 And it says, Then the Pharisees came out and began to dispute with him, seeking from him a sign from heaven, testing him. But he sighed deeply in his spirit and said, Why does this generation seek a sign? Assuredly, I say to you, no sign shall be given to this generation. And he left them, and getting into the boat again, departed to the other side. I want you to uh, highlight and underline uh, verse 12. He sighed deeply in his spirit. He sighed deeply in his spirit. Take note of that phrase. It's a very important phrase. And then I want you to take note of verse 13, uh, where it says, he left them. He left them. Jesus would normally go to people, even when they hadn't asked him for help, uh, he would go to them. And when they asked for help, of course, he went to them. 
And Jesus was careful to answer everybody's question. When people ask, who is your neighbor? He will answer who the neighbor is. Uh, they, they ask questions, he will answer. Most of Jesus' teaching was based on answering questions and, and, and helping people. People say, Lord, help me, he helps them. Have mercy on me, he has mercy on them. Cleanse me, he cleanses them. But this is a, an instance where people ask Jesus a question and he didn't answer. He didn't answer the question. So it's, it seems quite unusual of Jesus for people to ask him a question and he wouldn't answer. And then not only would he not answer, but he just left them. He just left them. People ask the question, Lord, uh, give us a sign from heaven. And he just looked at them, sighed deeply in his spirit and left them. So this is a very unusual behavior of Jesus. And it is prompted by the sign in his spirit. So... We just want to exp- uh, explore further what it means to sigh deeply in his spirit. So to sigh deeply means to be inwardly wearied or saddened. To be inwardly wearied, tired. It's almost like I give up. I give up. That phrase, sighed deeply, is used only once in the New Testament. Only once. In fact, in the whole Bible, it's used only once in either its uh, Greek form or in the Hebrew form. It's only used once and only in this instant. So it's a very, very, very unusual action of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. He got to this point and it's not a usual place to get to, uh, but he got there. He was inwardly wearied and tired. Now, the pastor did not simply say Jesus sighed. There are other times that Jesus sighed and and then he would do something and and bless people and heal people uh, and, and so on. But sighed deeply in his spirit, it occurs only once in the scriptures. So, what is going on here? Jesus sensed insincerity and willful ignorance. He sensed the hearts of the Pharisees who came to him. They came to Jesus repeating the same questions, same arguments, and their attitudes were the same. They asked Jesus, Give us a sign from heaven. After Jesus had given them all the signs, people have been healed, blind have seen, cripples are walking, demons are being cast out. They still say, give us a sign, this time not on the earth, but in the heaven. So they are not asking a question or making a demand because they genuinely need help. But they are determined not to believe Jesus, no matter what he does. If he showed them a sign from heaven, they will say, show us a sign in the sea. And then they will say, show us a sign in the valley. I mean, they're going to continually make a demand from Jesus, not because they seek help, but because they just want to dispute him. And the spirit of Jesus sensed it. 
and for the first time he's asked a question and he doesn't answer and he turns away from the people and leaves them alone it's a very strange behavior of Jesus Christ similarly I believe our spirits can also respond as Jesus responded our spirits can sometimes lead us away from persistently dishonest people sometimes you get there I'm not talking about when you're just frustrated with somebody or tied with somebody that happens all the time but you sometimes you get to a point where you know that this person this situation is not going to change I give up and that's where Jesus is these people are not going to change they're not going to repent I give up and he turned away and it doesn't always happen but once in a while spiritually you can have that sense and it could be that you're dealing with somebody or something usually it has to deal with uh, salvation or preaching the gospel but sometimes it has to deal with just life it, for, for example you know you, you're going to marry somebody you, you you've decided oh this is the young man i want to marry this is the young lady I, I want to marry and then they behave in a certain way probably they are having affairs uh, and they have it over and over or, or they are cheating or they are lying and every time they say oh i'm so sorry i'm so sorry and and you know and it goes on and on and on and on and on and then it gets to a point where your spirit sighs deeply it's almost like something inside you quit and you turn away now when you get to that point and you don't get there ordinarily it's not an easy place to get to as I said Jesus got there once but if you get to that point and you persist to stay you'll be hurt because you'll be violating an impulse of your spirit that is a result of persistent, consistent dishonesty without any intention to change. And sometimes it can be dealing with somebody. And when your spirit gets to that point, obey your spirit. Obey your spirit. Because if you persist, you will hurt yourself. It means God has brought you to the point where he's telling you as much as he's a God of mercy, he's a God of kindness, he's a forgiving God and you, you must forgive 70 times 7. You have now forgiven 70 times 7. Now the person is determining, is asking for 80 times 8. And you say, this one is not scriptural. This, we've gone beyond the scripture. Because the guy is having an affair after affair. He's chasing girls. He's chasing girls. He says, I love you. I will marry you. But chasing girls, chasing girls, chasing girls, chasing girls. Lying to you. Stealing your money. 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 I forgive you. Stealing the money. One day your spirit will say, Turn around. And move on. Are you following me? Jesus got there. And it's not an easy place. I'm, I don't want you to just uh, move from church today and, and see a friend and say, you, my spirit has sighed. 
I'm living you. <laughs> That's not what I'm talking about. Build relationships, work on difficulties with people, but this, these are people who are demanding something, who are asking for something without any intention whatsoever to be convinced. Nothing Jesus said was going to convince them. And he sighed. And for me, what really got me is he turned away. Can you, do you understand what it means for Jesus to turn away from you? He says, what are you guys, what is this generation asking for? I will not give it to you. I, I won't give it to you. And turn away. Jesus, whom people say raise the dead, he doesn't say I won't do it. He will raise the dead. Heal me. He will heal them. My daughter is sick and the guy is not even uh, a Jew. He says, I will, I will come and heal. Jesus doesn't resist anybody. But these guys, oh, not in his mouth, but in his spirit. And he just turned and said, let's go. Disciples, we are done here. Once in a while, you will get to that place spiritually. And if you persist, you will hurt yourself. And people have hurt themselves terribly in relationships because they got to that point and still felt they were better than Jesus and went ahead. And the person really hurt you deeply. Now you are saying, Ah, I should have listened. Yes, you should have listened. Because when your spirit sighs deep inside you, listen. It is God delivering you from trouble. It's one of the dynamics of our spiritual work with God. That God is able to deliver us from long-term pain. By warning us ahead of time of people who have no intention ever under any circumstance to repent. So far we've talked about three actions of the spirit. Being troubled in the spirit. And I said, if you're troubled in the spirit, you have to pray in the spirit. Perceiving things in the spirit. Sighing deeply in the spirit. There is always a point of no return that sometimes God will warn you about. It doesn't always happen easily, but it happens. And there are certain relationships that God is going to move you away from permanently sometimes. Permanently. Because that relationship... Is destructive. And he will move you away from it. And when you get there. Just trust God and obey him. Just move on. With your life. The last. Action of the spirit. We're just considering four. There are many. But because I'm making Jesus the model. I'm focusing on four. As Jesus handled them. So we learn how to. Handle them. This is a more positive one. Rejoicing in the spirit. Rejoicing in the spirit. We, we, we've sung about rejoicing uh, this morning. Rejoicing in the spirit. Luke chapter 10, verse 21 and 22. Luke chapter 10, 21 and 22. This is after Jesus had sent uh, the 70, 70 of his disciples to go out and, and, and uh, evangelize and pray for the sick. 
and they came out very excited about the results uh, that they had received. So this is how the scripture records Jesus' reaction to what had happened. In that hour, I like that phrase, in that hour, that moment, Jesus rejoiced in the spirit and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and prudent and revealed them to babes. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in your sight. All things have been delivered to me by my Father. And no one knows who the Son is except the Father. And who the Father is except the Son. And the one to whom the Son wills to reveal him. Jesus rejoiced in the Spirit. The word rejoice means to be glad, to be joyful. In a literal sense, it means to cover yourself with joy. Joyful. Cover yourself. It's like wearing a garment that covers you from head to toe and the garment is called joyful. So, uh, so it's not just about uh, being happy momentarily. Oh, ha, 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 I'm happy. Oh, ho, 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 he's good. No, it's, it's, it's where your whole being is saturated with this joy. Something happens on the inside of you and it just fills you entirely with the joy of the Lord. And that's what Jesus experienced at this time when the disciples came and said, Lord, even the devils were subject to us in your name. And at that time, at that moment, he rejoiced. Jesus did not rejoice in his spirit all the time. There were times he's troubled in the spirit. There's time he's perceiving in his spirit. There's time he's sighing deeply in his spirit. But at this hour, in this spot, at this moment, his spirit was very joyful. Because something has happened that made his life worth it. And the reason, one of the reasons why Jesus was joyful was because this is what he came to do. He came for this purpose. And he's about to go to the cross to die, resurrect, and ascend to heaven. He has a short time. And he has to be certain that his disciples have gotten everything he's taught them. And when they came with the report, in spite of all the trouble and wahala they have given to Jesus, he says, Whew, they got it. Finally, they got it. And so his spirit rejoiced. It's a good feeling when your spirit rejoices. He rejoiced because he saw the Father's purposes being fulfilled. The purposes of God being fulfilled. The mother of Jesus had repeated a phrase similar to that in Luke chapter 1, 46 and 47 when he said, my soul magnifies the Lord, my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. My spirit rejoices the same way Jesus is saying, my spirit rejoices. My spirit is a 
excited. Something exciting is happening. Our spirits rejoice when we sense that God's will is done. When we sense it, that God has done it, your spirit rejoices. Now remember when Jesus' spirit is rejoicing this time, he hasn't died, the Holy Spirit hasn't even, even been given. But he knows ahead of time. The work is done and these guys can continue with the work. The mother of Jesus was told that she would be pregnant. She didn't know when that was going to take place. The last time she spoke to the angels, she says, let it be to me according to your word. But she doesn't know when it's going to take place. It's going to take place 10 years from now, 20 years from now. She doesn't know. But she goes to the house of Elizabeth. And Elizabeth says to her, the moment I saw you, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And at that moment, Mary sensed in her spirit, God has done it. She didn't feel any kicking. There was no moving of the baby. Her baby didn't rejoice. But she knew God has done it. And that moment, her spirit rejoiced. Many times your spirit rejoices when your spirit gets to the point of acknowledging God has done it. You know, it happens in prayer many times when you're praying. You can start with being troubled in the spirit and, and, and sighing in your spirit or, or, or going through difficult. But as you pray and pray and get to a point and you just know God has done it. Not intellectually, but spiritually deep inside of you, you know it's done. And the moment your spirit gets it's done, your spirit rejoices. Your spirit rejoices. And I like how the passage puts it in that hour. It comes in spots. You may be driving in your car, minding your own business, maybe listening to radio, people arguing about Ghana, and just going back and forth, and probably you're bored. And then somewhere, sometime, you just feel a joy covers you. It's almost like a garment of joy has been put on you and your spirit begins to rejoice. Normally when your spirit begins to rejoice, you realize just at that moment, you either start praying as Jesus did or you sing as Mary did. Because when your spirit rejoices, there is going to be a release of praise, a release of worship, a release of thanksgiving. And sometimes when your spirit is rejoicing, you're wondering, you don't even know what has taken place. You don't know what has taken place. But you know, at this hour, at this moment, my spirit rejoices. And at that moment, there is a sign that God has done it. You say, what has God done? I don't know, but my spirit knows and has given me the alert in my spirit that... The transaction has been completed and at this moment my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. Anytime you sense your spirit rejoicing, you have to express what is inside you like Jesus did. He sends the spirit is rejoicing. He says, Father, I thank you that you have done it. This is why I came. 
to reveal myself to these guys and they have gotten it. I thank you, Lord, that it's done. Now I can go to the cross. I can finish the job because these guys, these fishermen who have given me trouble for all these weeks, finally got the lesson. And they can go ahead for the next 2,000 years. The work will continue to be done. And at that moment, he rejoiced in his spirit. Mary did not feel a baby kick. But in that moment, she rejoiced in her spirit. Anytime you sense a note of joy in your spirit that is unexplainable, it is an indication God has done it. It's done. Something has been done in the realm of the spirit and all you need to do is to just worship, sing, praise God, and say, Lord, whatever you have done, I receive it. Whatever you have accomplished, I receive it. Whatever you've perfected in the realm of the spirit, I receive it. And this thing about the rejoicing spirit sometimes happens in moments of prayer. You start with heaviness and end with joy. Or sometimes it can be uh, when you're not praying, you're just by yourself. And your spirit picks up. That something has changed, something has shifted in the atmosphere and your spirit rejoices. When your spirit rejoices, don't keep quiet. Don't keep quiet. Sometimes you can just be by yourself and dance a little. Just dance a little, just a few steps here and there. And say, oh, thank you, Lord. Whatever it is, I receive it. Because my spirit has given me the alert. My spirit is rejoicing that the heavens have given me a breakthrough. Favor has come. Doors have been opened. Opportunity has been given. And I receive it. So just express it. Sometimes it's just lift up your hands to, 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 to worship. Sometimes it's just to verbalize a prayer of thanksgiving. But when your spirit rejoices, you must respond with joy. And you must respond with faith. Sometimes you know what it is. Sometimes you don't know what it is. And many times you see the manifestation later. Because the physical always follows after the spiritual has been done already. But God will always give you the joy in your spirit. Rejoicing in your spirit. Rejoicing in the spirit takes place also sometimes when you are in the presence of the Lord. When we are worshiping, you are getting to a place where you, you, you are so aware of God. Your spirit begins to rejoice. Because the psalmist says, in the presence of the Lord, there is fullness of joy. At the right hand of the Lord, there are pleasures forevermore. When you rejoice in the spirit, it's a sign the pleasure of God is being released over your life. The pleasures of the Lord, the abundance of the Lord, the favor of God, the goodness of the Lord. So we've talked about four actions of your spirit that you must be aware of. When your spirit is troubled, your spirit is troubled, you need to pray in the spirit. Don't leave it. Don't let the trouble just go on and on and say, I don't know what is happening. I don't know what is happening. I don't know. It's just a few trouble. Pray. When your spirit is troubled, you pray. When you perceive something in your spirit, you have to identify what it is you've perceived. Jesus says, somebody touch me. Who touched me? 
Peter said, everybody's touching you, Lord. He said, hey, hey, Peter, I'm not talking about everybody touching me. Somebody touched me unusually, and I need to discern who it is. And he found a woman. You have to follow it. Because you're perceiving there's a direction. There's something God is speaking to you about, and you have to investigate it further and identify it. And sometimes in your spirit, you sigh deeply. Because the guy is a liar. He's a liar. He's lied. And every time he lies, he shows you the engagement ring. Lie. Engagement ring. Then he says, okay, I forgive you, honey. I forgive you, babes. I forgive you, babe. <laughs> and he keeps lying. One day your spirit will sigh deeply. And when your spirit sighs deeply, leave babes alone. Because babes is a thorn that will hurt you for a very long time. And God is telling you, it's time to take a walk and move on. And then sometimes your spirit rejoices because God is telling you something you were worried about has been done. Something that used to trouble you has been removed from the way. Something you were afraid of has been averted. Something terrible that was about to happen, you've been delivered from it. And at that time, your spirit rejoices. And when your spirit rejoices, you rejoice, you express your joy in the Lord. Amen? Watch out for these four actions in the spirit. They happen to Jesus, they will happen to you, they happen to each one of us, and we must be sensitive to the Holy Spirit at this time. Well, before we close, uh, let's spend a little time just talking to the Lord and praying and just uh, being in the presence of the Lord. Just get up, everybody, wherever you are. Lift up your hands to heaven. Lift up your hands to heaven, to the Lord. And just begin to the Lord and just say, Lord, I surrender my spirit to you. Help me, Lord, to sense what you are saying to me. Help me to discern what you are placing in my spirit. Help my mind, my soul to be sensitive to the voice of my spirit. We don't want to be daft spiritually. We want to be smart spiritually. We want to be intelligent spiritually. So just talk to the Lord and let, and let your soul and your spirit begin to talk to the Lord and, and just pour out your heart to him. Maybe at this point you are sensing something uh, or maybe God is speaking to you one way or the other. Begin to express in the spirit. If you don't know what to do at all, pray in the spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the work of your spirit. Thank you for the witness of your spirit. You've never left us without a witness. You never leave us alone. You don't abandon us. You don't just leave us in our own to our own devices, but you help us by your spirit. And today, Lord, we come into full alignment with your spirit. Our spirits come into alignment with your spirit. And our souls, our minds, our emotions, our will, our intellect come subject to the voice of your spirit. And so, Lord, we pray that our spirits will detect, our spirit will detect the impulses of your Holy Spirit, the impulses of the Holy Spirit. Our minds will get it. Our emotions will align with it. In the name of Jesus, every hindrance, that stands between us and our spiritual sensitivity, we drive it out of the way. We pray for sharpness in the realm of the spirit. Sharpness. Sharpness. I pray that God will give you sharpness in the spirit. Sharpness in the spirit. Alertness in the spirit. Sensitivity in the spirit. 
Every willfulness, stubbornness that keeps you away from hearing from God is removed out of the way. You receive sharpness of spirit, 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 spiritual intelligence, spiritual intelligence, spiritual intelligence, spiritual intelligence in the name of Jesus, sharpness in the spirit. And we thank you, Lord, that your children begin to flow in the Spirit. We gain awareness of the things of the Spirit. Thank you, Lord, for all the indications you give to us. We're not blind to them. We are aware of them. And in this place, we stand ready to execute the impulses of the Spirit. And help us by your word to discern right what we sense in our hearts. And to bring our impulses under the judgment of the Holy Spirit. So we are always following his leading and his guidance. And we thank you Father for the release of your spirit. And the release of your people in Jesus name. Amen. Give the Lord praise somebody. Say with me, I am a spirit. I have a soul. I live in a body. My soul is in alignment with my spirit, my mind, my will, my emotions come into subjection to my spirit. And my spirit rules over my mind and my body. I am a spirit being. I am a spirit being. I move in the spirit. I am aware of things in the spirit. I operate in the spirit because the spirit of God has made me a spirit being. Amen. 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 Thank you for listening to Living Word. To interact with Pastor Mensah Otebill, like his page on Facebook. Follow him on Twitter at Mensah Otebill. Email otebill at centralgospel.com or call plus 233-302-688-000.